0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Today in Titletown Packers podcast after a glorious week one victory. Football is back uh, and I'm joined by my co-host Mason.
1: How are you doing, Mace? I'm great, man. Packers looked absolutely phenomenal on Sunday and I'm just excited to talk about the game with you. Yeah, it was a great one and we've got a lot to talk about
0: and we're going to get right into it here. Uh, Mason, let's go over some of the injuries that happened in that last game just to get those out of the way. Those are never a fun discussion, but would uh, you want to tell us the first
1: injury? Yeah, probably the biggest one. Um, Lane Taylor, as you guys saw if you watched the game, obviously went out right around the second quarter and unfortunately he did tear his ACL and he's going to miss the remainder of the season. So the Packers are gonna be without one of their starting offensive linemen. So definitely look for um, a possible free agent acquisition at office alignment, but if not, I think the Packers are definitely suitable to you know you know fill that spot because Billy Turner should be back hopefully next week and he can definitely play that right guard spot or right tackle spot that Lane Taylor was playing and obviously um, another guy that got hurt last week as well Lucas Patrick with a shoulder injury is um, said to be good to play next week so I feel like the Packers are okay on that offensive line but on the defensive side Brian you want to touch on Kenny Clark's injury
0: yeah, Kenny Clark uh after playing just 15 snaps actually in the, in the first half went down with a groin injury. He never returned and that's a huge loss obviously. We paid him a lot of money this off season uh and extended him. Uh just that that shows you how how valuable he is to our defense. He's really the only stud in the middle of that defense that we've got and uh he underwent some tests uh earlier this week and and we'll see what the results of that are, but Uh, Matt LaFleur declined to comment on the injury, so we're not sure of the timetable. Uh, Hopefully it's not a long injury. Obviously we want him back as soon as possible healthy, uh, but the groin injuries are nagging injuries, so that's going to be definitely tough. Uh, We're going to need to find some way to fill the hole in that defense uh, if
1: he's not able to go, so that's a big one for sure. No, 100% a huge blow. Obviously we do not have much depth at the defense attack position, you know, behind Kenny Clark. It's going to be guys like maybe Dean Lowry. Um, Montrevious Adams you know Tyler Lancaster somebody has to step up and move to the middle there because you know we we saw last week after Kenny Clark went out I mean the Vikings had some pretty good rushes a lot of eight plus yard rushes after Kenny went out both Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison so we're gonna have to do something about that I don't know if if it is a long period like a if Kenny is like set to miss a good chunk of time Brian, what are your thoughts on possibly signing a free agent de- defensive tackle, like maybe Snacks Harrison?
0: Yeah, that's the guy that, that's really the only guy that's out there that could kind of fill the void for now, and then and then possibly when Kenny Carr could come back, that would make a great duo in the middle to stop the run and also rush the passer. Um, that's a guy that a lot of Packers fans have have called upon to be a guy that they bring in. Um, but the, the, his situation's kind of uncertain because, you know, he's talked about that he hasn't been ready to play. The Packers reportedly made him an offer. He confirmed that uh, in a series of tweets the other day. Um, But I'm not sure where he stands on playing in green Bay. And and obviously this changes things. If if Kenny Clark is not able to go for a number of weeks, this changes things for sure. And and they might call him again and and give him an offer. He can't refuse. Um, Especially with the way that our defensive line is being so thin behind uh kenny clark and dean lowry and tyler lancaster who had a good game um they are thin behind those guys Montrevius adams has been hurt but he's back and he did not play great uh pat this last season and they're they're not really expecting much from him anymore because he's been in the uh, in the defense for three years and hasn't put it together kingsley kiki's a guy they are expecting a lot from and, and he played a good number of snaps uh with kenny clark out and and even with kenny clark in the game so uh, you know, they have some guys there. Uh, they they brought a guy into the practice squad named Daylon Mack. Uh, he, he was a good college player, a five-star high school recruit. Uh, they like him uh, athletically and physically. He was a fifth-round pick, uh, has bounced around the league a little bit since last year. But, uh, I mean, they do have to bring somebody in if Kenny Clark's going to be out for a while. And then on the same thing on the offensive line, with Lane Taylor gone, that's a guy that was going to start for us. Um, so, you know, there's a question about maybe bringing a guy in there. They, they did work out, Justin Britt, a uh, former center for the Seahawks. They had worked him out last week before the game on Sunday. Um, no deal there yet, but with Lane Taylor hurt, that could be a guy they bring on to play guard. Um, you know, And then also with Lucas Patrick, a, a bit uncertain with his shoulder injury. I know the report said he could play this week, but they might hold him out uh, just to be sure. But John Runyon's the other guy that came in and played great on Sunday, but, um, uh, but they will need more depth there and, and they're running pretty thin right now. So there's going to be moves to be made there as well.
1: Yeah. Despite losing Lane Taylor and Lucas Patrick during the game and having Billy Turner out that whole game, the Packers still let up zero sacks to that, that uh, Minnesota front line that, you know, includes the the newly acquired Yannick Nkakwe that they just got from Jacksonville. Very good pass rusher. David Bakhtiari absolutely handled him on that left side. He had zero tackles the whole game and only one QB hit. No sacks, no pressures, no nothing. Um, just a great showing and just kind of shows the depth of the Packers offensive line. That You know, like you were just saying, John Runyon had to get thrown in there. It was his first ever game. He probably had no idea he was going to even step foot on the field. You know, he was our eighth offensive lineman going into that game. And he's, you know, he's playing, you know, with the ones and, you know, holding the zone. It's just a good showing and it kind of kind of goes to show maybe we don't need to address anything via free agency and just you know roll with what we got right now
0: yeah I mean that was impressive from the young guy John Runyon he has a father who played great uh in the league and and he was the Packers uh first first pick in the draft of the in terms of the O-linemen the three guys they brought in he was their first pick there and um you know he's a guy that they really liked and he he proved himself on Sunday by playing a limited number of snaps but filling in after really nobody expected him to come in the game. it, it took three guys being out on the O line for him to to come in and, and have a good uh, a really a really good showing. Um, so that's definitely uh, encouraging to know that we've got some really nice depth there. Uh, but the injuries do have an impact on that and and that will determine whether we bring a guy in or not um but it, it obviously like I said it's nice to have a guy even at the bottom of the depth chart that's that's going to
1: come in and play well for you 100 percent and you know thanks to the offensive line Aaron Rodgers had a fantastic game one of the best we've seen in a long time um me and you before this podcast we're talking about kind of reminded us of him versus the Raiders last year when he threw for five and ran for one but honestly he looked super clean didn't really miss any throws only 12 incompletions out of his 44 attempts and you know looking back at it, a lot of them were just throwaways or you no. Know,
0: so. Yeah, I was just going to say a lot of those were the throwaways and I thought his I thought his worst throw uh it was a it was a short throw uh and he and he threw it a little low. I think it was to Alan Lazard. Um it was like a like a I think it was about an 8-yard pass and he just threw the ball low. Alan Lazard still caught the ball and uh and that was I thought his worst throw of the day and that's saying something because I mean, he just could not miss. He was hitting throws from 40 yards. You know, he had that huge bomb to MVS. He had Devontae and him were locked in all game long. They had five-plus passes. I think it was five. They had five passes over 20 yards uh, against the Vikings, against that Mike Zimmer defense. We scored 43 points, which was the most total points of the whole weekend uh, of, of NFL football, and the most that Mike Zimmer has ever allowed uh, as the coach of the Vikings, so I mean, that was a special game for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and then the guys behind him, MVS and Lazard, both had pretty nice games as well. We'll we'll get into more of the the details of those guys and and their performance, but overall, Rodgers had a great game and the Packers' offense was firing on all cylinders.
1: Yeah, man, I haven't seen the Packers' offense roll like that, a no. It's been a while. Dude, we just look so smooth. Um, I felt like in the first half, we were we we're using that reverse slash like little flick pass with the uh, motion receiver, whether it was you know Tyler Irving or Alan Lazard, that was working. That was getting ten plus yards of carry until they finally stopped it. And then we kind of resorted to the out routes with Devonte and, and Alan Lazard. That was working like butter. I mean, Devonte, I feel like he had a hundred yards alone on just out routes. It was just he was just tearing up those young corners and. Um, you know, that freed up M V S who I, I respect Aaron Rodgers a hundred percent. MVS did not have the best game of his career. A couple drops, especially that one on third down across the middle, just hit him right in the right in the middle of the hands. He dropped it. But, you know, I respect Aaron Rodgers for keep going at him because, you know, later in the game he had um you know, he had that free play catch that I think brought us within the five. And then um right before the second half he hit him on that. That beautiful touchdown, beautiful catch by MVS as well. So it just shows the trust Aaron Rodgers is having in these wide receivers, and you know it's kind of putting that um, that social media everybody going after us for not drafting a receiver. It kind of shows like, hey, I mean Aaron Rodgers is trusting the guys we already have. So you know, does it really matter? I mean, I mean, and, and we got to see our second round pick, AJ Dylan, have two really nice carries, two rushes, fourteen yards, um, both went for over six yards. So I mean, I'm. I'm starting to like what we did in the draft and it's starting to and starting to realize i think we did the right thing well yeah in terms of yeah i mean the first round quarterback is a debatable
0: part of that but i mean (laughs) i I, (laughs) dylan is he looked great i mean he had two rushes one for eight yards one for six yards against that stout vikings interior uh and then deguara he know he was he was swimming a little bit out there in terms of uh, kind of just his connection with Rodgers overall, but he had that one nice catch. Uh, I remember early in the game, what'd you say?
1: He had a great block too. He, he knocked down two defenders. Oh, yeah, the and block.
0: Al-Zard. Yeah, that yeah, that, that Yeah, that 19, I think it was 19-yard or 24-yard Alan Lazard run. That was, uh. yeah, he had a big block on that one, and and he's going to have a huge impact in the blocking game. Uh, and the reason maybe he's struggling a little bit in, in some areas is, it's because they're asking him to do a lot early on. He's just a rookie. He's going to be lining up like a wide receiver. He's going to be blocking like a tight end in line. He's going to be playing in the slot. He's going to be running the football. You know, they're going to do a lot of different things with him. So, I mean, he's uh, he's got a lot of responsibility. And, and the one pass I was kind of mentioning earlier was uh, it was early in the game, and, and uh, it looked like he was kind of running looking for the ball as opposed to kind of finishing his route and then kind of turning around looking for the ball at that point. Uh, He was kind of staring at Rodgers down, trying to wait for the ball, and and that kind of impacted the route, and and Rodgers was looking for him to kind of be farther down the field, and and he was just kind of shortened up a little bit and and twisting his legs as he was running. Uh, So that's something he's going to have to clean up. Rodgers and him will look at that. Um, But I thought he had a nice performance as well. Uh, So Dylan and DeGuara both looked pretty good in, in their debut. A lot of the rookies, like we just talked about, you know, John Runyon had a nice game. As well, so the rookie class kind of showing that it, it was a good class so far, and they're uh, going to be contributing right away.
1: Another guy I want to touch base on is Tyler Irving. Um, I just love the way we used him. I'm super super happy that we kept him on the roster because um, pretty sure he is classified as a running back, and you know we are loaded there. But he looked great. I mean, using him on those reverse plays, his speed is just dangerous, and um, he had three carries for 38 yards. I mean. How how can you beat that? That's twelve yards a carry. That's a first down every time, um. And you know we obviously use him as the as our kick returner and punt returner. I feel like he's going to be a big part of this offense, at, and hopefully we keep using him because it, him on those him in the open field, I feel like is going to be dangerous. Once he breaks one of these, it's it's game over.
0: Tyler Irvin is a is a really special guy because he really hasn't been utilized in any form of offense for his whole career. And then he comes to Green Bay and and they start using him in a lot of different ways that nobody thought he could do. And that changes his whole value as a player from, you know, being just a guy that can return the football to a guy that is going to be able to contribute on offense as well. Uh, Somebody that they just like, just like Josiah DeGuara, just like all these guys, they don't know what they're going to be doing. They could all run the football. Alan Lazard had, like we just talked about that long carry the other day on Sunday. I mean, you know Tyler Irvin got some carries. Uh, he's originally a running back, but and and now he's moved to receiver and he's catching the ball and you know he's doing all different things on the offensive side of the ball while still making a huge impact in the return game. So that's just another chess piece for Matt
1: Lafleur to use, and and he looks good so far. I saw something on Twitter, and I really wish I can give credit to whoever said this, but um, they pretty much just said we're running the same offense that we tried to run last year. But, you know, the biggest difference is instead of, you know, using Geronimo Allison on reverses, we're using Tyler Irving, who's, you know, has a, has a 4-4 40 time instead of a 4-7. It's just a huge difference. And now, you know, we got faster guys. Um, obviously, A.J. Dillon should be used more. You know, Josiah DeGuara is going to be used a lot more. I feel like our we finally are getting pieces together that are going to fit what Malifor wants to do with his offense. And, it should get better as the season goes. I know this is a huge benchmark game, 43 points and, you know, three or 500 plus, um, offensive yards is a, it's going to be tough to beat, but still like, I hope this, we use this as a formula as, as the season keeps going.
0: And another guy that I really thought stood out in terms of just the way he played and the way he looked was Jamal Williams. Nobody really realized how he slimmed down this off season and, and, um, you know, it was talked about during training camp, and, and but nobody got a good look at him, obviously, because we haven't been able to see much of him. But seeing him on the field, he looks noticeably different. He looks thinner than ever. He looks like he gained muscle mass as well. He looks explosive. He looks faster. Uh, I mean, this is the guy that uh, is in a contract year. So is Aaron Jones. They just drafted a guy in the second round. This is a guy that if he plays well, they might consider keeping on the roster next year and extending him to a contract. Uh, so the way he put himself into position to succeed this offseason by becoming a completely different running back, he looks so physically gifted. He just looks completely different. Uh, and, and he looks far and away better than he did last year, and, and it's probably going to show up on the field as well. He had a nice game against the Vikings, that's a guy that I'm excited to see what he can do this season. We have a monster trio in the backfield with Aaron Jones, uh, and it's really it's really a quartet. It's, it's, it really is, because we've got Tyler Irvin as well. It's Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, and Tyler Irvin. And, and you could add DeGuire in there. You know, I mean, you there's a lot of guys that are just contributing for us in that backfield.
1: Yeah, we might have the best four, if, if you still consider Tyler Irvin a running back, the best four, group of like a group of guys at the running back position in the whole league, honestly. Um, still waiting to see A.J. Dillon more out in the field, but because Jamal Williams is obviously, after watching last week, is our bona fide number two running back. He's, he's still at seven carries, only at 21 yards, but still was involved in the passing game. I mean, he tied Alan Lazard in MVS for the second most reception on the team with four including one that um, really came to mind is the one where he is kind of like a kind of like a screen pass towards the left. didn't really have any blockers, but he, you know, he made the corner miss and picked up 15 yards and kind of took us within the within the 10 yard line. So, yeah, he's going to be a big part of this this offense as long as he, you know, keeps it up. And like you said, he lost some weight this off season and um, he's obviously fighting for his spot because, you know, you never want to see a guy, you know, your same position get drafted high by your team. So he's especially in a contract year. He wants to fight for anything he can get, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, that backfield is, like we just talked about, it's, it's a great backfield for us, and it just takes the pressure off Rodgers in a big way. Um, so, I mean, we are going to be able to do a lot of things that we haven't been able to do uh, in years past in terms of really just giving no tells when it comes to run versus pass, play action versus a inside run, uh, you know, tossing it. Another concept I wanted to talk about was uh, speaking of tossing it, you know, Matt LaFleur was had brought up something that I haven't seen them do, whether it was last year or really from any other team um, is the way that we were kind of giving, giving Jones and, and Jamal Williams tosses. Uh, you, you would think a toss is most of the time going to be to the outside, you know, and in, in under center. um. But what we were doing was giving a guy a toss, and then he just cut right inside like, like the same way that Matt LaFleur likes to run that inside zone. So it's just another thing that's going to throw guys off on that defensive side of the ball. On a toss, you think, okay, Rodgers is looking to his right, tossing it to Aaron Jones. And then Aaron Jones all of a sudden, thinking the whole defense thinking he's going to run to his right, uh, he just cuts inside and changes the whole thing. So that's something that's a unique thing that Matt Lafleur brings to the table that nobody else in the league is doing, and that other coaches are going to start stealing away from him uh, as the Packers kind of bring this new offense to the NFL and transition what they're doing into the the new version of offense in, in the National
1: Football League. And I know we're trying to address a lot of the role players, but you know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had two like two of the craziest games we've seen of, from both of them in a while. Devante tying a franchise record with 14 catches, tying Don, Don Hudson's record that's been standing forever. Um, 14 catches, 156 yards, and to go along with that, two touchdowns. Um, he pretty much did it all. I mean, he had in that fourth quarter to pretty much put the Vikings away, he had Aaron hit him on a, you know, a fly route for 40 yards. That was you know to put him over 150 in pretty much all game. He was just eating up those Vikings corners. Out routes, slant routes, you know, across the middle. He was he was pretty much catching everything, and Aaron Rodgers, like we were saying, he barely missed. Out. Like we, I don't remember a single throw that he missed. I mean, like what you talked about earlier, the Deguara throw. I feel like that was more on Deguara on that wheel route. I feel like he was looking a little too long at Rodgers, and then um, when he tried to hit Aaron Jones on the right side of the end zone, there, I feel like there just wasn't enough space. Um, Aaron Jones was pretty. Oh, happy.
0: that 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 was yeah, that was an interesting play. That was I, was that the first drive?
1: pretty sure it was the first or
0: second drive that
1: was early in the game yeah
0: it was one of the first couple drives and that was a that was a play that got me excited for what was to come in the game because and not and not just that but Aaron Jones made a beautiful play on the ball just couldn't get uh I don't even know if he got one foot down but that was just a really nice catch and, and it looked really good and the way we moved down the field on those first couple drives I was pretty excited with where our offense was and and how we could kind of progress throughout the game and the season
1: 100% and then you know, we, we did start off a little slow. Um, you know, we had to settle for a field goal on our first drive, and then, um, you know, we got it all the way up to, like, the two-yard line, and we failed on fourth down. Unfortunately, Devontae couldn't hold on to the, the pretty much a touchdown it would have been. And But then, you know, we got a safety, and Jair Alexander tackles Kirk Cousins in the end zone, and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers drives back, again, back down again, um, scores a touchdown, I'm pretty sure. And then um, later in the quarter, um, when um, – I think it was Alan Lazard's or, or Devontae's first touchdown. Um, you know, we First gave, one went to Devontae, yeah. Yeah, we gave Minnesota the ball back with 50 seconds left. Um, and on second down, Jair intercepted it. And, you know, just, <laughs> just like the Raiders game last year when, you know, we, we just capitalized on a turnover uh, towards the end of the half when um, Aaron hit Jake Kumro, um, it kind of reminded me exactly of that because, you know, I'm pretty sure it was the second play of um, that drive. Aaron hit MVS for a – huge touchdown you know that's a huge yeah. swing in the game that's a 14 point swing right there stealing stealing points you know that's a right before the half and the vikings you know unfortunately got three points still after that we left them like 30 seconds. yeah huge swing in the game there was
0: a lot of th- yeah there was that holding call had a big impact on that and then they went with that huge cook run and then caught that ball uh i think it was Thielen that made a, made a catch um it might it might have been um bc johnson but uh, they did make plays at the end of the half, but just the, the crazy thing was how fast the game changed. I mean, uh, it even during that that first uh, after the after the goal line, uh, after the fourth and goal failure um, when Devontae dropped that ball, it it was looking bleak. I mean, I think the score was seven to three. We were losing. Vikings had the ball, and then even the first two plays, they they ran it. Uh, on the first play, kind of got out of there, uh, and then the second play, Jair and and I'm thinking, okay, so now they're at like the three yard line, and that and that probably kind of, uh, that that's that ends the possibility of a safety, which could have come if you know, oh, they you know what happened, they had the false start, um, and that brought them back to the half yard line. So then then after that, Jair, uh, they ran the ball, Dalvin Cook got about three yards, and they're at about the three yard line. I thought the safety was kind of excluded from possibility. And then Jair makes this crazy play off schedule um, without Mike Pettin's call there. Uh, that was just kind of a, a move that he decided to make, thinking it was a run. It wasn't a run, and he just kind of ran in there and, and just got Kirk Cousins. Nobody saw it coming. Uh, and um, that just changed the game completely because it went from 7-3 to three Vikings ball to 7-5 to five Packers ball. We go and get a touchdown. We go and get the pick and get another touchdown. And all of a sudden, we got this huge league, 22 to 10 at halftime. I mean, so the way turnovers uh, and and just like we said, defensive plays like that, like that safety, the way those can change the game so fast is remarkable.
1: No, 100%, man. And I just kind of want to touch on Jair a little bit more. Um, if you guys have been on Twitter or Instagram, you probably saw the stat, but Jair was actually the ninth player ever. To record a safety, sack, and interception all in the same game. And he actually did that all in one half. So he had a great game. I know he struggled with Adam Thielen a little bit towards the end, but still great accomplishment, and a great start to the season for Jair. Cause you know, obviously all of us Packer fans want him to have a pro bowl type year, all pro type year. And that's, that's how you started right there with a game just like that.
0: And in, in terms of defense, one of the more surprising things to me was um, you know, the starters for the game, I'm looking at the, the guys on the field, and I see 51. And and I'm thinking, I'm not even sure exactly who that is quite right away. And then I remember they brought up Chris Barnes from the practice squad, uh, inside linebacker, put him onto the 53. And I'm thinking, wow, they've got him in the starting lineup an undrafted free agent. And, uh, and he makes an impact right away. He had a tackle on the first play of the game, I think. And, and he ended up going on to have six tackles in, in his 15 snaps of football. And two of them were tackles for loss. Uh, so, I mean, he did have a really nice showing. Another rookie that the Packers brought in and, and made him come in and play. Uh, and he played a nice game. So the pack, a theme for this game, for sure, was having rookies come in and, and show what they've got uh and kind of help contribute help kind of seal the deal on the little things for the packers and and, and fill some injury voids and things like that that uh were huge to the packer success against the vikings
1: no i i did the same exact thing when i saw 51 in there i was definitely confused because normally we have a preseason to like you know get to know these guys and get to see like you know who balls out who's going to make the roster but you no know, i guess he kind of slid under the radar for me because i was also confused i was wondering who was that number 51 lining up against, right next to Christian Kirksey? But yeah, he played really well in his you know, short amount of snaps. Like you said seven tackles, and you said 15 snaps. That's that's very impressive.
0: Yeah, six and 15, two for loss. So uh, I remember that one that he had that was uh, on a screenplay. Uh, he just disrupted everything. It looked like he had a lot of room to run, and, and Matt LaFleur kind of singled this one out. Um, he, he, and Chris Barnes just comes out, uh, about three yards behind the line of scrimmage, right? As I think it was Alexander Madison caught the ball. And, and he just made this great play on it where he kind of grabbed him by the foot, uh, and held him down and brought him down to the ground before he even got a chance to get upfield. And there was nobody behind him. So he was going to run up that field and, and, and
1: gain a lot of yards uh if chris barnes didn't make that play so that was a big one for sure one frustrating thing i did see um i felt like the packers pass rush wasn't as strong as it should have been against a kind of a weak offensive line that minnesota has i felt like we saw kirk cousins being able to escape the pocket a bunch and you know break off you know first down runs it was very frustrating i was wondering like are we playing um michael vick here are we playing kirk cousins (laughs) honestly confused at times because he had he had some impressive <laughs> runs, not gonna lie, but that's kind of yeah. uncharacteristic of the Packers. Um, normally, I mean, thinking back to the NFC divisional game, we—that's like something Russell Wilson would do. But we still were able to get to him, I believe, five times. But this time, only we we're only get him twice. Jair in the end zone there for a safety, and then Zadarius had a huge sack. I believe it was on third down or second down. Um, yeah,
0: third down, that yeah. was a big one.
1: But other than that, you know, they were kind of. Kirk Kirk had a lot of time back there and you know when when the, the line created a little hole, he was he was running and Kirk Cousins is not known as a running quarterback. So that was definitely one thing I noticed and definitely one thing that was frustrating and I hope we can grow on this and you know, hopefully attack the Lions next week because I, I thought this was a matchup for us going against a weaker offensive line that we could have exploited, but obviously it did not happen.
0: Yeah, I mean that was maybe the biggest thing that I could take away from the defensive side of the ball obviously you know we were leading from pretty much like until the end of the from the second quarter until the end of the game and we we put the vikings in a position where they had to throw the ball a ton and kind of get it out quick and run no huddle and a lot of stuff like that and and they were um they were throwing the ball a ton and and making a lot of plays and so I can understand maybe f- to the point where the defense was getting tired at times. But then again, uh, you know, our offense was on the field for so long. So, you know, there's there's different reasons to why the pass rush might not have played as good as they should have. I know Preston Smith didn't have a fantastic game. Um, you know, he didn't have a sack. He didn't uh, create a lot of pressure. Zedarius was, was better. He had a good game. He was our highest graded PFF player. Uh, this week. Um, so I mean, he had a nice game. He obviously had that sack, and and he creates pressure everywhere. So, uh, but we have to do better in the run. Dalvin Cook had a great game running the football, two touchdowns, and then Kirk Cousins had two throwing, uh, two passing touchdowns. Excuse me. So, I mean, our defense has to get better. But at the same time, it's a lot of garbage time touchdowns and and a lot of soft coverage from Mike Pettin. So we're just gonna have to see how the defense does against the the Lions, who are uh, a good offensive football team with a lot of good wide receivers, um, and, and they've got a good amount of running backs that can play as well with DeAndre Swift, uh, on Johnson, and now Adrian Peterson, who had a good game last week. So th- that's going to be uh, another tough matchup for the offense versus the defense
1: there. And that's going to bring us to the next thing we're going to talk about. Um, next week, week two, we do play the Lions, um, coming off of a loss to the Chicago Bears where they actually blew a giant lead. They were – Going into the fourth quarter, they were up 23-6, to and they let Mitch Trubisky throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Mitch Trubisky led a huge Bears comeback against the Lions to beat them. Um, the Lions did have a chance at the very end. Um, I believe it was with six seconds left. Matt Stafford had a wide-open DeAndre Swift, rookie running back that they just drafted in the second round. Dropped a beautiful pass that just hit his hands bounced off. Um, pretty much, you know, ended the game. They had one last chance, and um, they couldn't, you know, couldn't complete it. So the Bears ended up winning that game, twenty-seven, twenty-three. But huge storyline of that game: the Lions are depleted in the secondary already. Um, we we saw three injuries in that secondary. Um, their rookie Jeff Okuda, um, veteran Justin Coleman, and also the newly acquired Desmond Trufant that they just got from Atlanta.
0: Yeah, Justin Coleman actually is on IR, uh, so we're definitely not going to have to play him this week. But um, Trufant, we don't know, and, and Okuda, we also don't know. Um, but obviously, if they can't, if those three guys all can't go, I mean, you're talking about another situation where Rodgers and Devontae are just going to maybe throw. Rodgers might have 700, 800 yards. Devontae might have 600 700 yards (laughs) i mean it's a situation where these guys are going to just tear up the league and it's not going to be pretty for the rest of the nfl so obviously we're 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 rooting for uh you know those guys to all be healthy but at the same time we want to make sure that our guys uh, have the best chance to win so you know whatever happens happens but if if those guys can't go rogers is going to have another field day
1: I mean, we already knew coming into this week that Devontae was going to eat anyways without Darius Slay being there. And he, he ate anyways, even if Darius Slay was on the team still. But if they're missing their top three corners, I'm, I'm not even going to rule out the, the fact if Aaron could throw 300 and maybe Devontae could break the 200 mark for his first time in his career. That would be, that'd be something to watch, honestly.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to rule out the possibility of Aaron throwing for 17 touchdowns this week. That's what I'm thinking. If that happens,
1: no, definitely possible, especially if they're rolling out 20 cornerback. Yeah, 26.
0: Quarterback 20. Yeah, 26 catches for Devante this week. 1,311 yards. That's my
1: prediction. That's fair enough. I won't. I won't That's modest. It. Yeah, I won't hold you against it. That's definitely going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, but seriously, no, like. I do think that that's going to be a big storyline heading into this game. The injuries for both teams, really, because, um, you know, our line is a bit, uh, a bit in shambles right now. Uh, it'd be great if Bill Turner could be back. That'd be so good. I mean, just to have another guy uh, that can play and that has played with the guys, the five guys that we've got. Wagner, I think, is the guy that's probably going to get the start at right tackle, though. Uh, but the, my my perfect O line right now for us, considering the injuries and everything like that, if we could obviously have Bakhtiari there, uh, keep Elton Jenkins at left guard. Please try not to move him, even though he had a great performance at right tackle, um, you know, against the Vikings for a little bit, and then he went back to left guard after that other injury. But uh, and then obviously to have Lindsley at center, and then maybe put Bill Turner at right guard, and then have. Uh, excuse me, Rick Wagner at, at right tackle. I think that'd be the ideal situation for Green Bay right now, to kinda have that as the as the group for the rest of the season and then obviously have guys like Lucas Patrick and John Runyon um, you know, behind them.
1: Yeah, next week I mean I don't think the Packers have that big of a challenge either. The the Lions were only able to get one sack on Mitch Trubisky last week and I just feel like Trey Flowers, Danny Shelton um, Jamie Collins, I feel like that's nothing better than what Minnesota had. I mean, Minnesota had a Pro Bowler rushing that left side, and David Bakhtiari absolutely eliminated that. So I feel like the offensive line has nothing to worry about this year, even if even if we don't get Billy Turner back this week. I mean, I mean, screw it. Throw John Runyon in there. Maybe you know, let him grow a little bit.
0: Throw Jordan Love in there, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> put him to good use. We put a first-round pick on him, right? For real. Yeah, no, but uh I mean the O line is I feel like I'm confident in that whole group. Uh, especially after the showing we had. Uh and, and against some of these other teams with lack of a pass rush, like the I feel like the Lions pass rush isn't something we have to be scared about. So especially with Bakhtiare who looked fantastic on Sunday. Uh and then Wagner put up a great showing after uh after Lane Taylor was out. So I I mean I'm pretty confident in that group for sure. Uh but like we talked about, if our if our receivers uh, can, can match up against some of these really younger guys in the secondary, expe- especially Devontae Adams. Uh, we're going to be in for another big day from, from the Packers. But on the other side of the ball, it's kind of the same situation. Uh, the Lions have a ton of good receivers. They've got Marvin Jones. Uh, they've got Galladay, who, who was hurt, like we talked about, but he could be back this week. He was doubtful last week and ended up not playing. This week, he's going to be questionable. We'll see if he can play. That's going to be a big one as well. But uh, they they've got receivers up and down their roster. Danny Amendola is another guy. They've got Hawkinson at tight end, um, and they've got um, who's the other tight end that they've got from the Steelers? When they went, they he signed this. He oh. signed from the Steelers last year. They've they've got weapons. The point is, I mean, they've got a lot of guys that they can throw out there to, to catch the football from Matt Stafford, who's a great quarterback. So I think our secondary is going to be challenged uh, in in a big way. Uh, hopefully, Jair. Like we talked about last season, we have to see Jair and Kevin come out and have consistent games of elite play. Uh, I think Jair, this is going to be his year to kind of break out and be a fantastic cornerback in this league and a fantastic football player for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, So this is his year to do it. Obviously a great start with those two big plays last week. He's got to come out now and be a shutdown corner this week against some of those guys for sure.
1: I definitely see this Lions game going pretty much just like the Minnesota game went. I feel like both offenses are really good. Minnesota's, I mean, I'm sorry, Detroit's offense is s- s- like not stacked, but super solid all around the board. Like you were saying, Adrian Peterson went off for 93 yards in his first game with Detroit. And behind them, they have on Johnson, who, in my opinion, I thought he was a top 20 running back in the league before, you know, they signed Adrian Peterson. And then, yeah, that's a, that's a
0: forgotten guy. I mean, people forget about him, but he was fantastic for them. Uh, before he went down with that season-ending injury last year. The year before that, he was a fantastic player for them. So
1: they've got a good group there. They do. And then they go and draft DeAndre Swift. This was obviously before they signed Adrian Peterson, but they drafted DeAndre Swift, who was a top three running back in last year's draft. They drafted him with their second-round pick. They're loaded at running back, and then I feel like they got one of the best duos at wide receiver, too, Marvin Jones and the the upcom- the yeah, the upcomer, Kenny Galladay, just and we haven't gotten to see him this year, but if he's back, that's going to be dangerous. And obviously TJ Hawkinson, like you said, at tight end, he had a touchdown last week and 56 yards. That's a, that's a good offense. And obviously we all know Matthew Stafford is heavily underrated. He's a really good quarterback. He's just never really had a supporting cast around him to, you know, make a good playoff run or anything. Um,
0: yeah. And, and this is uh this is a group that I, I kind of talked about as the second best team in the division, which caught a lot of people by surprise, but, uh, you know, when you look, at the the takeaway I had from that game uh, versus Chicago was that both these teams are not good football teams. You know, I, I they both looked bad in a lot of ways, um, I, but I do have more confidence in the Lions to be a, a better team because they've got so much talent and now Matt Stafford is back healthy. I mean, they were competing with teams, uh, you know, all season long with David Blau and, and other guys playing quarterback uh, and David Blau is now on the street. I mean, so he's uh i mean Matt Stafford's a big impact on what they do there uh but Matt Patricia's a coach that a lot of Lions fans are concerned about and and they're not sure that they can even win uh any meaningful games with him as the head coach so and and he's kind of the reason they they lost that football game to the Chicago Bears uh and Mitch Trubisky for for whatever reason I mean that guy I don't know what happened to that guy but he was playing absolutely putrid in the first three quarters and then comes out and start slinging it against these rookie cornerbacks after the, all those guys got injured. That's, that's probably part of it. But uh, I mean, both those football teams did not look good. Um, and it was kind of the same old, same old for the lions after they uh, last year were losing one score games after having big leads early on and, and losing in comebacks late. And they they just did it again against the bears. So I'm not sure what both these teams uh, and especially the lions, I'm not sure what they bring to the table at this point.
1: Um, but, but the Packers do look good in terms of the division right now. Oh, 100%. Um, I was kind of on the border of having Detroit as my number two, but I do think Minnesota is the better team. I just feel like the defense is better than Minnesota's is, and I feel like Kirk Cousins has a little bit of an edge when it comes to weapons. Just I feel like Devin Cook is um, way better than anything Detroit has in the running back room. and um, Yeah, that's a good point. Adam I'm feeling, I f- feel like at this moment, maybe not next year, but at this moment is better than Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Um, but obviously mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a huge Kenny Galladay fan. He's, he's always torn us up and I, I know he's really good. So um, if he plays Jair is going to have his hands full, but yeah, for looking, looking at the future um, of this year, I feel like the Packers just, they got to keep doing what they're doing. Um, this division maybe possibly another sweep come in question mark (laughs) back on wood (laughs) i mean who knows i mean
0: the way we're playing and the way these other teams look it's possible and it's it's definitely something that would secure the division for us for sure and it it would give us a good shot i mean if you're looking at the landscape of the nfl and the nfc specifically all these other divisions uh, are really contentious and and there's a lot of teams in those divisions that are perennial playoff teams. Uh, The East is, is the only other team that you'd consider as a, um, as probably the worst division in that, in that conference. But uh, the South has the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Falcons are always offensively great. And the Panthers, they have some, some guys going and it's a bit of a new scheme there, but they, they played well the other day. Uh, And then obviously the West, um, has got the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Cardinals who beat the, the defending Super Bowl uh the Super Bowl participants for the NFC and the 49ers and um and the Rams looked good against the Dallas Cowboys and and then in the uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, north in the north south oh no so that's it yeah but in the North, it's it's the Packers, and then there's a big drop-off. So th- th- I feel like we're in a good spot to get a lot of wins. And then while these other teams within the divisions beat each other up, the Packers may come out with a stronger record than a lot of these teams. And that's something that people aren't talking about. Everybody talks about how the Packers are going to regress and their record isn't going to be as good, and they got lucky last year. Well, the makeup of the divisions right now puts the Packers in a great spot because if they can if they can secure – uh, you know, six divisional wins. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they're going to go out and win win games against other football teams. They could be looking at another 12, 13 win season while these other teams, you know, specifically in like the NFC South or the West, uh, those teams are going to be beating each other up all season long and, and they're going to kind of, their records are going to suffer from it.
1: 100%. If we can, like you said, if we can take all six games in the in this division, we just got to worry about these tough interconference games. Like we got the Saints coming up very soon here. We're gonna have to play Tampa Bay. We got to play that whole NFC South. So, yeah, the just-
0: Saints actually don't have Michael Thomas. Uh, they they're not gonna have him. It looks like they say that he's got a high ankle injury and and he's gonna be out for several weeks. So, I mean, if that's true and and he actually will not play against the Packers in 12 days uh, from this recording. Uh, that is absolutely enormous for the Packers' chances to win that football game.
1: And after Week One, scoring the most points out of anybody in the NFL, I mean, that's a great start. And I just I felt like our offense was just running so much more smoothly than it was in 2019. And in 2019, we obviously went 13 and three, made the NFC Championship game. So as as far as it goes to you know season projections for us, I feel like if we we're like I said earlier, if we we're able to sweep the North. just you know at least handle two or three teams out of the nfc south that we have to play and um another team we play down the line right in the middle of the season is the 49ers if we can at least steal one win between the niners and the saints i'd be very confident that we can finally get over that hump of the nfc championship game because that's been killing me for years now i just is i is this the year bron is this the year i know it's way too early but Still, it's it's looking good after one week.
0: Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Are <laughs> we going to win the Super Bowl? The answer is yes, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. No, I don't know. I really want – I hope so. I mean, goodness gracious, we're running out of time here. Literally. We are running out of time. We're running out of years. They've just drafted a quarterback – I mean, goodness gracious, we are running out of time. Rodgers, he's got four years left on this current deal. Who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, we've we've talked about this a ton, but we hope, obviously, he's going to be able to stay here for as long as he wants. Uh, it's nice to have a good backup quarterback. I don't know if the Packers front office is going to push Jordan Love up the ladder uh, you know, by trading Aaron. I hope not. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, Brian Gutekinds kind of addressed it a little bit in a uh, – in an interview, a Q and a with Pete Darty, um, with Packers news. Uh, he asked him about Rogers Rogers deal, uh, which has a lot of dead cap right now. And then next year, but then the year after that, the dead cap goes down to the point where they could move on from him. Um, but there's still money. I mean, that's $17 million in that third year. That's on the table. That would be dead cap. Uh, if they did move on from him, um, so that is an issue. I mean, that's a lot of money—seventeen million—that they cannot spend, and that's in the, that's in the third year of the deal, um, and and third year remaining. And so, when when they talk about, um, you know, to Brian Gudikins, is that a is that an issue for for Rogers's availability for the rest of his career being in Green Bay? And Brian Gudikins said that's not an issue. It's it, his contract isn't an issue uh, for his uh, for his long term. Uh, stay in green bay. So, I mean, that's encouraging, I, but then at the same time, that's kind of something he has to say. So, but I'm I'm encouraged by that, but I mean, we we don't have much time left for Rodgers to have the the supporting cast plus, you know, him still being at the prime level of his game, which he is as we saw on Sunday. So, I just hope this is the year for us. And obviously against the Vikings on Sunday was very encouraging.
1: I feel really guilty talking about super bowl aspirations after one game. I know it's so weird because we
0: don't know. Like what if I mean there's a lot of what if we, you know, what if we don't play well next week?
1: Then it's just like, okay, now we don't know what we are. Like are bears fans talking about super bowl aspirations after that after their week one win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I just I felt a little different. I don't know. I just felt really good after that week. That
0: just was. It's like something. I think everybody just hasn't seen us play that well on offense in so long. It's just. It was something that really just excites you and makes you want to start talking about our aspirations for the playoffs and and things like that. So, um, I mean, it was just. It was. A, it was an encouraging win, and Rogers looked as good as he's looked in years, and I, it was.
1: It was exciting. That's all I could say about it. All right, Brown, let's not get way too ahead of ourselves here. I know we're getting a little excited after that giant win in week one, but um, let's go back to the Lions game that we got next week. Do we have any closing remarks or any you know final thoughts about the game or any, any predictions, anything for me? Yeah, I mean, I
0: think this is going to be a good game. Uh, one thing that we didn't touch on yet is, is the fact that the Lions were beating us uh, until literally – when there was zero seconds on the clock in both of the football games that we played against them last year, uh, both ending with field goals by Mason Crosby to win the game. Um, so that's something that we have to be concerned about because this is a team that was beating us for 60 minutes in one game and then 60 minutes in another game until the last second. And now they've got their starting quarterback back. So that is going to be interesting. I mean, can this, does this team just have our number? Uh, and now they're going to have their quarterback? Or is it something now we're a better football team, maybe they're a little worse, the head coaching situation is in flux, maybe those are the the things that can kind of give us that win, but I'm not sure. I mean, this is going to be an interesting game. I'd like to think we come out and win after a great game against the Vikings last week, but this Lions team, they're a fighting football team, so I'm not sure exactly.
1: No, they are, and I bet they're going to come out pissed off after blowing a giant lead to the Bears in week one. They That's deb- got to be – yeah, that was devastating. They should have won that game. I mean, even after blowing the lead, like I said, DeAndre Swift had an easy touchdown. It would have been a walk-off with six seconds left. They would have won the game. But now they're 0-1, and now they got to come to the – probably the hardest team in the division. Probably, I should say, the absolute hardest team in the division. <laughs> And now they got to try to beat the packers who just scored 43 points against the vikings that is that's not going to be easy for them um i just it as it was a good point that you brought up last year like we we led zero seconds against against the lions in both games and still came out with victories in both doubt that'll happen again i feel like this year as far as we saw last week i know it's way too early to be just going to conclusions and everything but our offense looks so so much smoother than it did last year. I feel like we're going to hopefully catch a rhythm and, you know, just send the Lions home 0-2, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I think efficiency is the key this week because uh, we're going to have to move the ball. We're back at home for the first time this season. Football's back. It feels great to have football back, and, and we're back at Lambeau. No fans for the first two home games yet, but um, I know that we're going to have a, a, a big energy about us uh, in terms of the team, uh, and I think that that's going to help us, you know, win this football game, and, and I think we're going to have to be, once again, more efficient on offense, catch guys offside like we did on Sunday against the Vikings with Aaron Rodgers' hard count. Um, there's a lot of different things that we've got to do to kind of come out with a win here, but I think the one thing is be efficient on offense once again, uh, and, and that's something we weren't as, doing as much last off, uh, last season, and, and that contributed to the fact that we did not beat the Lions soundly uh in either of those games so i think if we can do better on offense like we did on sunday we should be in a good spot
1: any score predictions for me Brian?
0: yeah i'm gonna go with a score of 38 to 17 i think we're gonna come out and play a really good game on offense not score as much as against the vikings uh, i think it'll be a bit of a closer game but still a blowout i, I think rogers is going to have another one of those days against the secondary that's banged up uh young guys back there cornerback number four five and six playing things like that i think are going to contribute to the to the Packers' victory. I suspect that our pass rush will will be better, uh, and that obviously helps. Uh, just it changes the defensive game for us and and gives us better chances to win. Gives Aaron Rodgers more opportunities, and I think just our running game is going to be better as well. Jones had a nice game, but he, he's obviously been better. He's had games where he's ran for four touchdowns, 100-yard games, and I think he'll get back to that this week too. So we could see more running, uh, uh, depending on who's in at corner for the Lions, but I, I do think that Rodgers is going to have another fantastic game. Uh, Devontae Adams as well. Lazard, MVS will both have uh, their share of targets and catches, and I think Aaron Jones is going to have a nice game, and, and I'm going to go with 38-17. to
1: 17. Yeah, Brian, I agree with you there. I definitely see – a big blowout potential here. I do see this game kind of going along the lines of the Minnesota game last week. Just, I don't, I just don't think our defense will play, you know, as poorly as we did against Minnesota. I don't think we played poorly. I just think we had the the, the safety and the gyre interception turnover definitely helped a lot. But still, Minnesota put up 34 points and our offense was kind of just, you know, running run up the score and Minnesota could never catch us. I don't see that being a problem against the Lions. I feel like, the Lions might cap out at like 21, 24 points, and I feel like we're going to have another, maybe another 40-bomb. I mean, I mean, screw it. I mean, like you were saying earlier, you were, you were thinking Aaron was going to go for 800 and Devontae for 700. <laughs> 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 Who knows, man? Might as well keep that energy. I'm, I'm saying 44 to, 44 to 21, Packers. Gosh, I just hope we don't blow it this week and go lose
0: and score 10 points or something.
1: If this was twenty nineteen, I would not rule that out. But this is twenty We don't know,
0: man. Yeah. Well then again, we never went this we never scored this many points last year. We never were this efficient. Rodgers rarely had a game with four touchdowns, let alone three hundred and he had three hundred and sixty four yards. I mean, this was a different game from Aaron. The whole offense was spectacular. I do think this is something that will be a permanent uh, change to the way we go about playing the game of football. And I think it's gonna make us
1: a better football team. Like, I want that 2014 mentality back. Like, you remember, I'm pretty sure we dropped 50 in three games in 2014, and we just demolished teams. I want that mentality Yeah. Back. Yeah, man. We just got to – hopefully that comes, too. Maybe we'll be able to score more points.
0: I mean, we didn't talk about it much, but MVS had those two drops, and there were guys dropping footballs. Devontae had that drop on fourth and goal. Rodgers could have come out with seven touchdowns in that game. 450 yards, 500 yards. I mean, if, if all, and that's not the way the NFL works, not every throw is going to be caught and and this and that, but I mean, you know, there was potential for a lot more statistical um, yardage and touchdowns for Rogers and and those receivers. And uh, I mean, you know, if we can execute at even a higher level as we progress throughout the season, uh, still kind of learning this offense in terms of just getting comfortable and, and getting more efficient uh, at the start of this second year I mean th- that's definitely a possibility to score even more points
1: quick question before we end this thing do you think Aaron's playing this well because he's pissed off over the Jordan love pick or do you think it's just you know a- Aaron's channeling his his former self
0: yeah that's a great question I mean I think it's – I know this sounds – this is kind of a cop-out of an answer, but I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, The fact that they drafted a quarterback is part of it. Um, But he's been such a great teammate. The underrated part of Aaron – actually, really, people mistake Aaron Rodgers for a mean guy, a bad teammate, uh, a horrible person. Uh, You know, all this, uh, for some reason, for over his whole career, he's been accused of just being a horrible person, an evil human being. I, I never understood it. You ever listen to this guy talk? Nobody listens to him talk. Everybody just reads these articles and, and listens to talking heads in the media. But this guy is one of the most gracious human beings on the planet. He fights for his his home state of California. When they're going through wildfires, he fights for them. I mean, he's great with kids at the games. If you ever see videos and pictures of him playing with kids at the game, I mean, he's a great teammate. If you ever hear some of the things that he says on the mic'd up, which he rarely does now, uh, his interviews, he's just a a great guy. Um, He's a funny person. He's he's intellectual. He's a genius on and off the field. Uh, He's a super nice guy. I mean, he's just a great teammate to his teammates, He wants to meet all of them. He wants to learn all of them, learn their quirks. These younger guys, he wants to learn about them and and get to know them and and know what makes them tick so he can connect with them and help them have a better connection on the field. I mean, I can't say enough about this guy considering what the media portrays him as. And that's because, you know, just the the haters, the critics, the, the, the fans that aren't real fans that just hate on a guy because he's such a good football player that they, they want to take everything else away from him, but he is an excellent teammate. And Jordan love is the prime example of that because he has been an excellent mentor to him. Uh, He's been a great friend to him. And Jordan love said as much, Uh, and he's always been that way with his quarterbacks and his backups. So, I mean, I think he has a great attitude uh, pretty much every year, but specifically this year, he's been an excellent guy uh, in the meeting room. Uh, and he's been happier, they say. He's been excited about this year. He's just really soaking it all in as his career winds down. And he's only got so many years left. So uh, I, I do think that's a big part of it. But he also looks he looks physically better. He looks like he's been lifting weights a bit more. And he said as much as well. Uh, so his lower half looks stronger and more explosive. And that's been contributing to a lot of his, um, his bigger plays that we saw in, in week one. And then the other thing uh, is is just um, what was the other thing I had in mind? Dang it! Give me a second. Give me a second. Um, oh, the thing he said about the film. Okay. And the other thing is is the the film that he that he looked back on and he saw something in the film from two thousand ten uh, in practice that he was doing mechanically and he he made a switch and since he made that switch. He's kind of clicked and and something clicked, and, and he just looks like a different quarterback. And everybody's saying that, and, and we saw it on Sunday. So uh, sorry to go on a huge Aaron Rodgers rant here, but I feel like I just had to say that about this guy. Uh, and I think that's a big reason as to why he is playing it the way he's playing right now.
1: No, man, he, he definitely deserves a rant from you, 100%. He's He's been hated by the media pretty much his whole career, even dating back when he got drafted as you know Brett Favre's successor. I mean, he's, he's really gotten no love from anywhere. I mean, even when he became the starter, even people in Green Bay hated the decision that Brett Favre was going to be, you know, no longer the Packers' starting quarterback. And, you know, we were one year removed from the NFC Championship game, and we're going with a new guy. That's why I respect Aaron so much, because he lived through that. Now, you know, he's on the other side now with Jordan Love being drafted and him possibly, you know, uh, being possibly replaced in the next couple of years. I, I respect it so much, and... You know, the media hates him so much because, you know, he won a Super Bowl in his third year starting and a couple MVPs right away, and he kind of threatened the media, darling Tom Brady, as, you know, the best quarterback in the league, and, and I, I know the media hates that. So, and I, I respect it 100%, and he just, you know, he stays calm. He stays, he stays, stays really nice. He stays loyal. I mean, he's, he's just an all-around great guy, and, you know, nobody will ever see that because, you know, social media is just always on his ass just every single day.
0: Yeah, all right. Let's let's just wrap it up here. And and, you know, this is going to be a great game against the Lions. Hopefully, and and football's back, like we talked about. And um, looking forward to Sunday. You know, stay tuned for updates on both of our pages for injuries and things like that. But uh, Mason, unless you have anything else to say, Nah, man, I'm just excited
1: for for us to start two and (laughs) zero.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and that's gonna do it for. This week's episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Looking forward to a good game. and Go Pack Go!